0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the 67 Hill Hill Channel. We are chatting after another big three points for Celtic, one 0 against Motherwell. Who are these two? unfamiliar faces you may know their voices just see a wee word each guys and see if folk can work out where they know your, their voices from Paddy how do they know us or
2: how, do they, how, do, how do they not know us You know, I've no idea mate but we'll find out
1: you are the Celtic exchange for me and I'd say this to every Celtic podcast the greatest Celtic podcast out there lads thanks very much Sir Hamish good to have you with us for this match reaction um, thoughts on the game overall a big three points today
2: yeah absolutely I think every game uh, obviously this run up to the winter break is crucial for us and obviously we're seeing at the moment, just with the amount of injuries that we're picking up, each game in the league is getting extremely harder.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad we're here talking about three points because it was nearly, you know, the guy next to me at the game five minutes in says, I'll take one nearly. And I say, I agree with you, but you know, as you get into 80, 85, 87 minutes, it's a, it's a nervy time. But listen, three points is the be-all and end-all just now.
1: We've had a lot of games like that lately. Um, I mean, Hearts was pretty nervy, similar to today, actually. Aberdeen yeah. was nervy. Even St Johnson, the one at, at Celtic Park a couple of months ago, 2 yeah. nil, but that was nervy. Is there concern there that that we're not battering teams like we were at the start of the season? Or, or are we just delighted to be winning, getting three points when we have so many injuries?
0: Well, I would say, you know, on another day you don't get the three points of the other day. So I think it's uh you know, it, we are a depleted squad. I just think today, you know, specifically, we just really lack creativity. I think Tom Rodrich, I think he got the stadium man of the match, and rightfully so. That aside, there was wasn't a great deal of creative stuff going on. Obviously we've got Turnbull up in the the falsest of false nines yeah. um, McGregor kind of worked hard but you know th- from a creative point of view we had very little to go on and listen, if you take Kyogo and Jota any side, you're going to get that so you know we huffed and puffed but at the end of the day we get the three points and we're still in the mix
2: yeah we're obviously making sure that we are getting the job done um, one of the things for me is like I said for, for this run that we're on at the moment it's just continuing this momentum but we really are stretched and you're, you're starting to see that um, and it, that that's the worry for me I just want to kind of keep chasing um, never mind what they're doing over the road. Um, it's, it's going to just be up to us just to keep winning. Um, and we, but we are just really getting stretched at the moment, so that, that's the only worry for me. Yeah,
1: Obviously, going into today's game, missing Kyogo, missing Jota, missing numerous others as well. When you saw the team, did, did, did you expect it to be David Turnbull playing as the, the striker? Do you think it was a kind of false nine he was playing?
0: I think he was in the end up. I actually made the call. I st- wrongly posted on Twitter that I thought it was going to be Rogic up top, somewhere alongside Forrest and Abada, with Abada being the more uh, central position, and then right away, you know, the the moment the game kicks on, you looked around and Turnbull was right up top, so it was clear from an early stage that was going to be the move. Uh, Right move or not, I don't know, we've got the three points, but Turnbull didn't have a great game, you know, and it's a tough one for him
1: positionally. But he wasn't great, I don't think. I think when when you notice when Kyogo's not in the team, the way Kyogo stretches the game, t- yeah. Turnbull just doesn't have the, the the pace or probably the the energy to to stretch the game. There was a couple of balls we kind of, I think Greg Taylor had a couple he played over, and Turnbull just didn't get one to the end yeah. of them. And, and you're thinking if that's Kyogo. You know he's getting in the end and he's making the defenders think about it.
2: Yeah, you're, you're spot on and I think that even at one point, um, the ball went out for a throw-in and I just watched Turnbull just stand and wait for the ball boy to give him the ball and I was just like, you're going for the win, you need yeah. to get that first goal, you'll be chasing it, the ball's right there and I know that's a small thing I'm picking up on but there just needs to be a bit more energy from him, yeah. in my opinion.
1: Moving on from that, we, we I thought we started the game quite well in mm-hmm. general, I thought it was a real tempo to our performance, um, we should have scored an early goal. James Forrest has that one. He somehow misses. I'm still trying to work that one out. So I, I thought th- the keeper had got a touch, but I think he did. I've not seen it in the replays, so the very fact
0: that you know the referee's a lot closer than certainly I was, he's f- for some reason given the by kick, and I'm thinking James Forrest is what eight yards out there. So I really couldn't work it out. I'd like to think the goalie saved it
1: because otherwise the, it's a bad. Miss. There was a player up with him as well, maybe a badder, and he could easily have squared it to him as well. I thought it was a huge chance.
2: It, it really was, and again, you know, I was. Probably the call for it going out for a, a goal kick. When it, uh, for me it was clearly a corner, it was just a, a one of many, many. Do,
1: do we want to uh, just tackle the referee right now? Then uh, we might as well we get out of you're Paddy. Go I've for
2: it. Not seen a refereeing performance like that in all my days at Celtic Park. Honestly, for every decision that he was making, just some of the. <sighs> some of the times that he could have played advantage he'd done it two or three times for Celtic yeah. we well, were on a break and then all of a sudden he just calls it back just a poor standard of ref
1: did it for them as well in the second half they had a free kick that they took quickly yeah. and we were danger was on a little bit and he pulled it back yeah
0: and, and you know sometimes the you know the instant reaction is to say this, this guy is so against us I wonder if there's just bad referees in our league and I think some refs aren't great for Celtic but some are just consistently, consistently bad either way Hearts they were over the top and their nonsense with Robin Nielsen the other week, but they did have some genuine gripes where they could have got some decisions. I'm taking Kyogo's offside out the equation, but there was other stuff where I think there was just bad refereeing decisions going on, and I think today was just
2: another case of that Yeah, absolutely agree with
1: you. Graham Alexander wasn't he happy. He got a, a book in as well, and he was still going nuts in the in the second half. But um, I just thought in general the ref just slowed the game down. The oh, amount yeah. of free kicks my, my pal I was at the game with, you know, was saying, have you ever seen more free kicks in a game of football? It was, and it played right into their hands yeah. because they were wanting to slow the game down at all all stages stop us taking quick free kicks quick throw-ins quick corners and the referee for me was just allowing them getting away from it let let them get away with it
0: yeah this is what I'm seeing across the board at Celtic Park just now so Celtic in full flow you know full ange ball to quote the term really you know impressive and very very hard to deal with and if I was an opposition manager bringing my team to Celtic Park I would say go down easy for fills, break up the play, take your time with buy kicks. And that's what everyone's doing, and that's fine as an opposition if that's your approach. The frustration is the referee also seems to be buying into it. Liam Kelly took a long time over some buy kicks. Exactly. It's
2: was time
1: it, wasting after about two minutes.
2: It's cluttered yeah. but it's like you're right. You you want kind of you understand why teams are doing that. You know, they're trying to slow us down. We're not getting into a rhythm at all. Just understand these things, you know. It's 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 just going to happen in football.
1: They had a really good spell, Motherwell, in the game, you know, after maybe 15 minutes to half an hour, when they were they were dominating us. I mean, there was a stage when they had three or four really good chances. I think Joe Hart makes an incredible double save. I think the flag was up anyway. Yeah, but yeah. They it, hit the bar as well. Yeah. Sim- similar to the one he had in Germany, the double
2: save. It was just yeah. incredible. Just makes himself big, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, um, I, I was quite critical of when we signed Hart. Um, I thought it was a goalkeeper for me that just probably maybe just had his best days behind them and just like lack of confidence. But my God, there is obviously still wee elements of his game that I would like to just see just calm it down a wee bit, you know. But other than that, they, that that double save was brilliant. Just ma- made himself. He's like esque. Just made himself big and it down. Casper or Pierre? <laughs> uh, Pierre. <laughs> uh,
0: Paddy oh. wants Barkas back
2: and he's, uh,
1: he's Absolutely. He's never really got on board with. <laughs> yeah,
2: Barca's Mark. Yeah, you love him. No, 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 not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he broke my heart. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, I mean Hart had a couple of moments. The one in the second half, he, he loves that one where he takes a really bad touch and has to sprint oh. across his goal line. You just think it's going to roll in, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, time kind of goes goes still, yes. but but um, obviously we get the goal just before half time yeah. amazing celebrations i thought in the stadium i don't know how, how you felt but yeah. it felt like a huge goal at the time i think people knew getting that goal at that time just before half time was huge
0: yeah and i just think you know we've spoken on our podcast about how important every single game is just now we've spoke about these nine games in december and you know bettis obviously was a bit of a, a different game about a, a dead rubber but every single league game so i think seven league games the league cup final next sunday Everything is just so so important and I think it's relief as much as anything that goes yeah. around the stadium because the longer a game goes nothing each, she yeah. gets so tense, she gets so nervous and you know, you're thinking, Oh, if we drop points today it's just it's a real blow. So yeah, the moment, you know, Roger's tucks that away. I think it's relief as much as anything. It's
2: a great
1: finish. Really it's good finish. finish. It was just Ange football all over, a yeah. bit of creativity. Oh, yeah. I mean I, I was looking at it thinking is Turnbull going to try and fizz this into the near post, have a shot, but lovely cut back and, and it's a brilliant finish, uh, as you say.
2: What we're talking um, on the way th- uh, here to tonight. We were actually talking about um one of the, one of Tino's friends actually mentioned about Watch McGregor at the goal, just his uh, organization. So they knew they knew they were going to try this set play, mm. but just the different movements, different point in here, different there. So you've got your Murrowell players thinking what are they going <coughs> to do? And it was just textbook it was a great goal. Yeah. Great
0: goal I sorry it's interrupting it. It just shows again how how important Tom Rodic has become. You know, mm-hmm. he's a guy who could have been off to Qatar or wherever and he's pivotal to everything we're doing right now and he's tucked away beautifully.
1: He's almost, I don't want to say this when, you know, Jota and Kyogo and even Callum McGregor are such big players, but he's almost turned into the the guy you miss more than anyone else in terms of the way he links the midfield to attack. Just so strong. And and another thing that I picked up on today, so fit as well now. I mean, the the difference, Tom Rogic a couple of years ago, 60 minutes in, he's knackered. (laughs) Today... You know, 85, 86 minutes. He's still sprinting. He looks leaner yeah, than, than he ever does. has he before. Does. He looks stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always been quite strong. Uses his body but well. He's ba- but balance. I see the yeah. amount of players that yeah. just bundle the in. The amount him. of times he gets the ball and he's got like three players within a meter yeah. and he comes away with the ball. It's
2: yeah, Ridiculous. Yeah. And actually, we were talking earlier on about the the Harps game and how stuffy it was and how obviously he played the ninety minutes just back from injury. He actually the last tw- the last twenty minutes of that game, I thought he could better. You know, even though he was he was. Blowing out his hole, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he got so much, like, he just dug in. And it, it's great seeing him playing with a bit more of a purpose again. It really is. He seems, he feels wanted. He yeah. feels, he's got the crowd back in his side again. Not that he, he ever felt like fell away from the crowd, but he fell away from playing for a bit. And it just, it's great to see it kind of be reunited again with Tom Rogge. Yeah. It really is.
0: It's become such a cliche about how Comfy has taken it on the half turn, but he's just, he's always got a, a mind of, As I receive it, how quickly can I turn defence into attack? And he's just so skillful. Doing that and getting his body in front of the defender as well and just, you know, switching on the attack. He he got man of the match today and rightfully so. He was by far our most creative force. And even, you know, to cut cut back briefly to some refereeing stuff, he's taken the ball under pressure at one point in the first half, turned away from Mugabe, who absolutely wipes him out. And how that's not a card that's unbelievable. And Anderson, the ref, does the cliched thing of, I'll have a word. And that's fine, have a word, but that now means Mugabe's still got a free hit at Rodic if he wants to have another goal yeah. later on. And I just think that's where referees really need to step up and it's, it's catching us. But from Rodic's point of view, excellent again.
1: Yeah. Were you worried second half at all? I feel like that's a second half we've seen so many times over the last you know couple of months. If you actually look at Motherwell, you know, first half they had maybe two or three good chances. Second half, I don't think they had a shot, did they? No. Or, or, or a clear cut. Tony Watt had the one where he was offside yeah. and he put it wide, but... Aye. It's probably the kind of game tomorrow, if we sat and watched it, you'd be quite comfortable thinking Celtic were comfortable, but while it's always 1-0, and when you keep missing chances like yeah, Celtic yeah, yeah. are doing, you're always going to have a nervy last 15 minutes. Well, I think that's
2: just going to be the rub of it, the rub of it for the rest of this, this month. I think that's what we're kind of going to be up against.
1: It can be more clinical, though, can't we? we oh, well.
2: absolutely, And but you know, we're, we're without our strikers today. Um, I, I, give, I give it the benefit of the doubt, but I agree with you, I think that... You know, some of the chances that we are creating, I mean, Abada had that header as well, you know, just right off the crossbar. I know he was offside, um, but, like, just... Do you remember (laughs) that that one? Was that Starfield? Was it Starfield? I, I thought, thought it was Starfield. It was they, Starfield. It was do, offside. they do look quite similar. Aye, <laughs> aye, you know. Play, play the same uh, kind of Starfield game as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> big blonde Starfield winger, centre yeah. back. Got, well, got that wrong there. Um,
1: I, I could be wrong. People probably tell, tell me that you're <laughs> right, but, but I, I was sure it was Starfield. But it was offside, but it aye. came aye. off the, but the bar. You
2: know, just, I think a bit more clinical. Um, I actually thought we did try and push for the second at uh, the start of the second half. Yeah, uh, we started we, really well. Yeah, we in the fact, we, there was
1: a move ten seconds in. Rogic should have oh, scored. It deserved
2: a goal. It did deserve a goal. There was a couple of Rogic as well, just blotted one over the bar. You know, just
1: yeah. Calm, yeah. calm
2: themselves down a bit you know well, I, I, 1-0 is just such a, a, a precarious scoreline in football and you know
0: as soon as the whistle goes 1-0 is fine but right up to the bumper you know if you don't you know Rodgers had a couple of good chances there was one where in fact it was after Ralston came on he's fired it down the line great oh, ball to Uranovic he yeah. he's cut it back you're just was waiting for the net to burst <laughs> exactly he's going out for a throw and for all the good stuff Rodgers done he should have put the game to bed at that point right. because that just allows you to relax and enjoy the three points and as I say until the whistle goes you know 1-0 is such a nervy scoreline you know, we got
1: over the line but, you know, it wasn't easy. Attacking wise anything, you wanna pick out any players
2: before we move to the defence? Attacking wise for me, I still think that we need to see a bit more for Tumble. I think sometimes he's too static. Um, he gets sometimes he gets caught up in between uh the, the, the two banks of four that Motherwell were providing, right? And he doesn't move, he doesn't create the angle. And a few times a day you've seen Greg Taylor looking for that option. And McGregor trying to come short for it as well as Tumble, but Tumble was still hiding behind Mm. these two players. He needs to move a bit more for me. Um, For what we had, for what our starting lineup was today, I actually thought the guy's done okay in keeping the ball in their half but there was a few points where we were under pressure. I thought we had a really
0: interesting point towards the very end of the first half. So Celtic were doing as they do now, playing it out from the back. It was going from Hart to Kattler-Vickers to Juranovic and different things. The crowd were getting really, really tense. This was before the goal, obviously. So really, really nervous. And I just think now we know this is how Ange plays. This is the system. So I think we as fans have got a role to play. I think you've got to, you know, that nerves, those nerves transmit to the players. Mm. And I don't, I think you know, it's it's hard to do, but I think we need to stay calm to allow the players to stay calm. But one thing I do know that I think Callum McGregor is really good at linking that play up. And he often comes with his back to goal, faces Joe Hart and pops it to left back or to right back and does that really well. And during that period of play, so it must have been about 42, 43 minutes, I looked to see where McGregor was because uh, Beaton was doing that role. And I looked up and McGregor was in the number nine. He was the Commentary top, on that at the time, top yeah. man. And I just couldn't understand if it was a deliberate ploy where, where Ange should said, listen, Turnbull, you drop in for a spell. I, I can't work out and I still can not work out, but Callum McGregor was the
1: number nine for a spell, which was a bit puzzling. Definitely did happen. Yeah, mm, you're not wow. imagining things. He uh, definitely did go up top. Um, you talk about the fans. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, remember when he first came into the club, he actually publicly you know, called on the support. I think it was after an Astana game called on the support to to show a little bit more patience and be interested to see if Ange feels the same way because I agree I thought overall today that the support was a strange kind of atmosphere I don't want to say it was toxic or poisonous Mm. but it was quite like they were quite hard on the team five minutes in you know like I think Greg Taylor had a misplaced pass after about five minutes and there was already kind of moans of discontent. And I just felt, I don't know if it was down to the fact there was no singing mm. in the standing section, whether people were just in a bad mood or maybe Rangers <laughs> winning earlier put the pressure on yeah. or people are just feeling nervous. But I, yeah, I, I thought it was strange
2: today. I think the nerves thing is, a, is huge for us and we touched on it before we came on, Hamish. That's, what, four games in a row now. We're playing catch-up. We're playing, we're, we're seven points behind when we get into yeah. the games. That that's, sits on the fans' heads. And... Um, I totally agree. I think there should be a bit more patience. Um certainly with some players like the the heads go down. Um and Mikey Johnson, yeah, the obvious one. I mean great the example the,
1: the guy behind me made the point. you has got a winger there who is a confidence player. He right. needs to have confidence to try things. And I feel like the minute he gets the ball you can almost hear everyone going, Oh
0: yeah. You're right, it's almost like they groan the moment he gets it. And I think Taylor's in that category as well. I think these listen, to make it at Celtic Football Club, to be a Celtic player, you have to have talent. Everyone who represents Celtic and who takes to the park as a talented player, but confidence is a huge part of football, yeah. and I think Mikey Johnson is right in that bracket. I'm a huge fan, and i will not bore you about how much I fan, <laughs> but I think he's such a talent, and I just think he needs he needs a bit of belief in himself. But I think he needs the fans to believe in him too, and I think Greg Taylor as well. Greg Taylor's maybe you know fairly limited as a player, but we're there as supporters, we need to support.
1: Yeah, he's going through a bit of a James Forrest phase with the support. Mikey Johnson, yeah. um, Forrest had that you know a decade ago when you felt as if every time he got the ball, the fans were almost thinking, you know, what are you going to do here? Yeah. Not expecting much. And there was one today when Johnson actually cut back. There was nothing on for him. Uh-huh. And he cut back and played it into, I think, Taylor or Starfelt and everyone kind of groaned. And again, you you're thinking, that, yeah. what would you rather he did? Would you rather he, you know, try to beat the man and, and probably give it away? It's I, just... Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't mean to criticise Celtic fans because we're we fans. We know are, right, absolutely. And, but, but I just think overall... You know, I mean, I've mean, I've done videos in the past and people have commented saying you know, you're know, you too negative there you got that one wrong I, I just
2: think calm down a little bit Yeah I think it's just patience it is patience we, we all know I'd say we actually are kind of up against it at the moment guys um, yeah. just with the injuries the way they went for us and we just have to be patient with the players that are going out there and I actually think when you, you look at it I mean, that's that's 13 unbeaten in the league now, you know, that's a, that's a great like, run, 14. aye, aye, wow. that's a great run, um, and I think we've won 12 of them. Yeah, he's
1: in Livingston, kind of beat them,
2: aye. 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 So, you know, we've got to remember, we're doing well, and yeah. we've still got a slim squad. I do think, into the bargain,
0: you know, it's, it's maybe remiss not to discuss the fact that, through Celtic's own actions, we've still not addressed the Bernard Higgins situation, so today was the second game in a row yeah. where the, you know, the North Curve, the Green mm-hmm. Brigade, the, the standing section, have decided, which they're absolutely right to do, to not sing during the game. I, I kind of support that to a huge extent. If they want to make themselves heard, then, then that's how they protest. That's absolutely fine. Around about 70 minutes, 75 minutes, other pockets of the stadium close to them yeah. have said words to the effect of you can stick your silent protest you know, where you want to. And all of a sudden, through Celtics actions, the yeah. fans are divided. And you don't want that. No. Surely now, when we've got a manager we believe in, we've got a squad of talented players, and we're putting up a, a genuine title challenge here, this is a thing we need Celtic United and I think the actions of the club, I, I think it's, it's horrendous that they have not come out and addressed this you know, one way or another because the longer this goes on, the more divisive it becomes and we cannot afford a, a divisive fan base at this moment in time.
1: I agree totally, I can't disagree with that at all.
2: Celtic United, the new splinter team. <laughs> <The very> kind, <laughs> FC United of Manchester. Uh, uh. <laughs>
1: they, they need to address this though. They I do. mean, uh, uh, next Sunday, our, our Fans gonna be singing, are we gonna have you know a a, a weird atmosphere for, for what should be a, a glorious afternoon and I hope yeah, it is. Yeah. The club the club need to sort this. My issue is Celtic in general, the, the directors anyway, are stubborn people Absolutely. And, and and to their credit or whatever I'd say some of the ultras probably are as well. So you need to get round a table, you know, on a zoom call, whatever, yeah. and at least show the fans, the ultras groups, Celtic Trust, the yeah. boys, etc. Yeah. The respect they deserve, and we need to sort this issue. The,
0: the only way to resolve any sort of conflict is to get adults speaking in a room. Right. And I think at this moment in time, Celtic have just put up the shutters and says we are not responding to this. You know, the 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 line or the, the narrative coming out from the North curve at this moment in time is one phone call resolves this. Mm. You know, allows us to move on. And, you know, just Celtic as a club reaching out to the fan base, whether that's through, you know, John Paul Taylor as the the liaison or whatever. But you just need to get some adults in a room or on a Zoom call to say, this is where we are, this is, you know, the the position just now. Can we work at a compromise to move forward? Because as you say, next Sunday is so important. It's a chance for Ange to win his first trophy, you know, to galvanise the team and to get us, you know, hopefully on a path to further success. And we seem to be shooting ourselves in the foot time after time.
1: Him. Wouldn't be like us with it. Celtic shooting themselves <laughs> in the foot. Not at all. will we move on defensive wise mm-hmm. now. I, I thought he had a couple of dodgy cleanses in the first half. CCB that he put right up into the air. Yeah, but yeah. I thought as that game went on, he was immense in the last you know yes. twenty twenty five minutes. He's just an absolute
2: bear, hasn't he? See, see the one you, yeah, boys no, the boys basically just hi one yeah. the ones the boys try to get round him, and he's just like no, you're not getting past me, and he yeah. just takes it and still runs away with it. Uh, do you know what? Sign, sign him up. Sign him up straight away. Uh, I don't care if it was ten million. That you've got a good centre half there, and we'll, we'll ask the
0: chat whether it's ten or six million. You are yeah.
1: quite well off at the podcast. You
2: just <laughs> just, uh, <maybe> crowd <laughs> the, the
0: Celtic there. exchange is going extremely well, Hamish. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you, would you pay six to ten million for him? Happily, yeah, really? happily. It's a lot it's of
2: a, dough. It's a lot of dough, but it, like we've got to kind of look at what we paid on Julian. Uh, was we're in about this seven and a half, eight million mark, yeah. you know? And we've got to look at. We're probably going to have to start spending a bit more money on players. The way the market is now. I don't think six to ten million is a lot of money for a club like Celtic anymore. Yeah. I think we've kind of got to start seeing <clears throat> he's a ready-made centre half guaranteed Except, success. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. Instead of bringing in someone, it's we'll see how he goes. I know we can't do that all the time. You know what you're getting from him. That's yeah. exactly. And he- especially, especially if it's on the rugby, Especially if we win the league. That's okay. If we win the league and we get this automatic spot for the Champions League, yeah. it's a no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm.
1: The thing I love about him is and this might be famous last words, but he doesn't really have a mistake in him. We've had so many centre-backs over the years that have been decent players, Boyata, Mm -hmm. uh, Semyonovic, there's others as well, but you've always felt... Daniel Mistorovic. (laughs) That's going to be a bit further (laughs) back, but definitely, you you always felt there was like a dodgy back pass in them, or some, Carter Vickers, everything he does is so assured. Every pass that he plays is, you know, fired at players, but in a good way, it's crisp. Starfield actually, one thing he probably has to work on is a wee bit more of that. But I thought he had a good game as well today. I think
0: he was decent. Just uh, to stay on Carter Vickers briefly, I think the reason you know you got a good second half is he doesn't make headlines. You know he doesn't. Yeah, you don't groan in point. the way you do with Boyata, Boyata and guys like that. He's just come in and very seamlessly fitted in. I mean, I think he arrived on, you know, whenever the very end of the transfer window, yeah. he started the very Literally next about game. nine minutes before that midnight. Was, no yeah. Yeah. By the way, just in a side point, can you imagine we hadn't assigned him? <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> because we've obviously had our injuries to Welsh and different things. That would have been, you'd have possibly been going with Dane Murray yeah. alongside Starfield at times. And I think Dane Murray's a real talent, by the way, and I yeah, think he'll sure. come good. But it would have been so unfair to throw him into the hotbed of this season. So yeah, it's a it's a real blessing that we managed to get him. And I think just the fact that he's he started that very first game, and save for the game he missed recently for personal reasons, he is another present and he's such a a calm and steady influence
2: mm-hmm. throughout that backline. Kind of reminds me a wee bit just of see that and influence you're talking about and just that composed centre half. I love big Kelvin Wilson for that as well. I thought he was just yeah. you know every game he just took it on to on his stride. And I, I just think sorry any stride. And I think you're getting the same with Carter Vickers here. He's comfortable. It doesn't matter who he's playing alongside as well. And also, it's working out well for us, the fact that he, he spent last year training with Joe Hart too? You know, yeah. that's a big, big thing with the yeah, there's it's a, a real connection there.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same as you. If Barry, you come into our podcast and just steady very, <laughs> down, very, very calm and possession, and yeah,
2: had to calm miff down somehow. Yeah. Something <laughs> st- These
1: are doing well, lads. I'm enjoying Thanks it very much. Um, any <laughs> final comments on on today? then? just same old three points a big three points and we move on I think so really I mean as I say uh, we were chatting after the game just
0: about how actually in my head around about 85th minute I just wrongly I just had a wee vision I thought how horrible I would feel if we dropped points today and just the the groan that would have gone round and the negativity so the be all and end all absolutely is getting across the line and I suppose the next stage is you know getting at the next game the suggestion is that Kyogo's not as as bad as we feared and I think we just miss him so much and it's, it's probably the most obvious thing to say but that energy provides. I mean, even just in terms of closing down goalkeepers and closing down fullbacks, oh, yeah. because that that transmits to the rest of the team. So Turnbull doesn't bring that. He's yep. a he's a talented boy, no doubt, but he's not that kind of guy who really you know pushes and probes on on you know the last man. As soon as we can get him back, and you know Jot is obviously maybe a few few weeks further back, but it's a case of just trying to go over the line game by game. So what are we now? Four games into December, five games still to go. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Let's just take it game by game. But today is so so
1: important. The, uh, the latest in Kyogo, by the way, sent in by the Ange correspondent, John McGinley, as we know from... I from know him I, well. Yeah. Um, he owes me a pint, I think. <laughs> uh, we'll see how he goes. It's not a significant one. Albina Yeti is uh, definitely more significant with right. Kyogo. We'll play it day by day and see how he recovers. It's not a long-term one. We'll just wait and see how he recovers over the week and make a decision on that. Well, yeah. that's,
2: that's great news. Great mm. news to hear. Um, I... I Obviously, we've got the cup final, but most importantly, we've got the second of January coming up, which is a big game for us. And you want them, fit, you want them ready for that. Yeah. Um, for me, for after t- today, I agree with you, Hamish. I think just a bit more clinical. Mm. Um, but for what you know, where the squad's at now, how it's kind of depleted. Great result today. Great result. And what I what I actually noticed one thing when they did in their lap of honour, their body language for me today said that we knew that was a slug because they they, they didn't. They didn't play well today, yeah, and you could just read that from them. They know that, that it's just game by game at the moment.
0: There's also a winning mentality, you know. We spoke last week, you know. We started our podcast about a year ago, Hamish during a horrendous time for Celtic, <laughs> out with the quadruple treble, and it was a slog and winning becomes a habit in the same way that losing becomes a habit and at the moment I didn't realise the start was you know 13 games unbeaten mm-hmm. winning is a habit so yeah we didn't play great today but we're winning games of football and that's the most important yeah. thing at any stage we know under Ange we're going to at different times But we're certainly going to improve we're going to get better hopefully we'll add these guys in January and you know, we'll see more of the Ange ball that we've kind of enjoyed at different times but in the meantime let's just win games of football and, and see what that takes us
1: Brilliant. we'll leave it there. Unless yeah. you've got anything else no, you want to say, I totally
2: agree with both these. You are
1: you are the guys from the the Celtic Exchange. That there may be some people um, watching this, some people out there who haven't heard of you for whatever reason. So <laughs> I'll give you about what is
2: wrong with those people,
0: Hamish?
1: Kind of criticise our wonderful fans, but 20 seconds or so to just sell yourself, do you know?
0: Yeah, just you know, like you know what Hamish and the guys do. Yeah, the Celtic Exchange is guys like myself, Parry, There's there's four of us or six of us in total, and we genu- very genuinely do this for you know for the love of Celtic. You know, in a cliched way, we'd be doing it anyway over a couple of beers and different things. So we just happened to record what we do now. So it's been an interesting 12 months. As I say, we started uh, the very day that we won the quadruple treble. Um, But now, you know, there's so much more to look forward to under Ange. And it's it's been a really decent time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. setting that as well. It's uh, been a great journey um, being able to do this. And it's just great being able to talk about your team uh, with people, like-minded people. And what you guys are doing as well is absolutely brilliant, we should keep up with it, man.
1: Appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'll link your uh, podcast feed in the description so people can find you. And genuinely, I would say this if we weren't here, um, a great podcast. Really balanced debate when when you guys are on, at least. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Give us a sub. Let us know in the comments what you thought. I'm sure you'll agree and disagree with some comments. And we're back tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.